0: Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 995 of the Locked On Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Rowland, coming to you on a Monday evening into Tuesday. And today's podcast is sponsored by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliable low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com until I'm locked on, sent you. Today's podcast will actually be in two parts with myself and always a friend of the podcast, Tyler Jones, a fan favorite. Always fun to talk to Tyler. That's coming up both on this show and in part two. So if you finish this podcast and you wonder where part two is, it is also on this feed. Click over to that, listen to that one, download it, all that fun stuff right now. But first, a little bit of news, not a ton, because the big thing is that everyone, including me, is still waiting on the schedule for the first round series between the Hawks and the Knicks, including, in fact, the entire first round schedule is still unknown right now in the entire NBA. So as I record this, that's still the case. Um, when you listen to this, maybe that's different, but for now, we're all in the holding pattern. I would love to know when the games are going to be happening, but right now, we don't know. So it's Monday night, and there you go on that. But Trey Young was named the Easter Cox player of the week for May 10th through 16. That covers the last four games for the Hawks, which is obviously a nice league wide honor for Trey. The Hawks went 4 0 in that period, which is always helpful. The league always tends to reward. Uh, Team success as well in in these individual awards, unless they're just numbers are just too crazy to ignore, they always lean to the team that's kind of unbeaten, at least in retrospect, Um, but Trey was obviously quite quite good in this stretch. It's kind of funny because he only played the first half in the fourth game, which kind of weighed his minutes down and also his production down, but it didn't matter because he was so good earlier on in the week. He averaged 24 points a game and and 8.5 assists in 29 minutes per contest. He had 36-9-6 against Washington in the first game, then 33-9-8 in the rematch, and then 18-7 against Orlando in limited minutes, and then obviously only the first half on Sunday, but he had actually 9 assists in that first half against the Rockets. By the way, Trey finished the season number 2 in assists at 9.4 per game, top 15 in scoring, 25.3 25.3 points per game uh, for the season, and the only player in the league, yes, the only player in the league to top 25 points and 9 assists per game. Obviously a great season. I was on the record last week as thinking Trey should be a big-time candidate for 13 team All-NBA. Um, he should have been an All-Star, all that fun stuff. But it's the third time that he's won Player of the Week in his career. The first time this season, though, on the last week of the season, so at least he got one by the end. He was also a nominee for player of the month in the East. Westbrook ended up winning for the Wizards, but Trey uh, was 25-9 and in the eight games in May. He was 58-60 of 60 from the line in the month of May and had a true shooting percentage over 62%, so obviously very efficient, and the team was quite good in that run as well. Speaking of which, Nate McMillan was a nominee for coach of the month in the East. He did not win it, but the Hawks were 7-1 and in the month of May, so all kinds of league-wide buzz for the Hawks at this point in time. We'll have plenty of series preview content between the Hawks and the Knicks. If you missed it, I talked about a little bit the series and the also the Rockets finale on yesterday's podcast. And again, one more reminder, this is a two-part episode. So this is part one, you're about to hear with Tyler Jones, and then part two is also with Tyler um, on this same feed. So click, click, click on over to that. And uh, after that, by the way, we'll have plenty more to come This week, I have at least two more guests lined up that are hopefully going to come through. I never want to spoil those, but uh, hopefully this uh, about an hour of combined content between myself and Tyler in two parts. will tide you over until later on in the week. All right, before we get to Tyler, a word from our sponsors, and the first of which is rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models in the car or truck world, it's now impossible to stock all the parts that you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why would you endure often pointless questioning from someone at a storefront and have to wait while someone at the counter orders the parts on the computer? only choosing the brand that the warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com right now, both at home and in your pocket. rockauto.com is a family business, serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for all the audio and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything you need from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic car or your daily driver, get everything you need. Just a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is uniquely and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your car and choose the brands, specs, and prices that you prefer. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car, your truck. And from there, you went right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box to know that we sent you to them. Amazing selection, reliable low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com the regular season is over. The playoffs are coming and back by popular demand. I think the most popular guest that I have on this podcast, Tyler Jones, is here. Hello, sir.
1: Hi, Brad. Glad to be here. I guess uh, I Guess we got to start off with the breaking news that uh, Yanoah okay. broke his
0: hand. Yeah, let's uh, leave with some Braves name? talk. I, I know you're fired up by the Braves right now. You're Braves. Oh, or...
1: man. <laughs> Dialed in. I, you know, the the Cobb County Braves. <laughs> just what a team what a what an organization what what an organization that you know really 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 captures the heart of the city of atlanta doesn't it you know yeah yeah I, i i personally think so like who doesn't move 30 minutes outside of the city um to the suburbs for you know just just to get closer to the real fans brad the real fans that all live in Cobb County, apparently. There you have it. But uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, you know, nah, nah. You know, you know, a breaking his hand is actually kind of unfortunate because he was actually he's he was actually one of the bright spots of the season. So true. Unfortunately, he's gonna be out. But uh, I don't I don't have anything positive to say about the Braves. If you can't not tell from my uh my tone of voice, uh, podcast listener. Well, I, listen, I don't have very much good uh, things
0: to say about the team. I mean, fortunately, uh, this is not the podcast I host about the Braves, which is uh, a lot less fun these days because the Hawks are the five seed uh, and have a, what I would describe as a winnable series in the first round of the playoffs, which is a, a pretty, gr- pretty good place to be considering where they were a year ago or even like three months ago. Shout
1: out to the Charlotte Hornets. You know, just what what a squad all year. All year they don't miss shots in the clutch. And then when I need them the most, <laughs> I get I get Devontae Graham fadeaway three pointer against Julius Randle.
0: I, so it, was, I saw that you were mad about was, the Hornets and li- I mean I think it was, was just called? last night, but the Knicks almost lost all three of their last three games and they ended up they ended up winning them all, but they could have lost all three of them. Uh they, they they'd come back like from crazy down against the Spurs, then they had that Hornets game, and then they oh, almost gave yeah. it away against to
1: Boston. Pop. Shout out to Pop. Yeah, what a what a what a guy. What a coach, man. What a legend. And legend. Listen, who else who else takes the last two games off to give a Hall of Fame speech while in the middle of a playoff run? Like who else does that? Uh that's what
0: some a that's some pretty uh yeah, I was gonna say, that's pretty, pretty boss actually to uh, just just leave your team. <laughs> <laughs> and he like, the, just left. In the and nobody
1: run. said anything about it. I'm like, wow, okay. I mean, I know, I know their seating was, you know, set in stone, but like, all right, go ahead, know. yeah, that's what yeah. you got to do.
0: Um, all I right. mean,
1: if you're going to do that for somebody, Tim Duncan is the player.
0: Do I was going to say, I mean, story. you have an inner circle Hall of Famer uh, that you coached his entire career. Like, you know, it's I, I kind of get I'm, it a little I'm bit.
1: I'm only, I'm only like, I'm half facetious when I when I say shout out to Pop, but that that Knicks game where. I,
0: I don't know. I didn't watch the game, so I don't know what happened. I, I did. I was. Uh, I had to watch it. I watched the whole thing, and it felt like it. was I mean, the be Knicks over.
1: came back. It, it, we don't start because you know
0: that's what they're playing. The Knicks
1: came back because they play. They play with real belief, and they play great defense, physical defense, and like they just have a belief that they can beat any team, and you know, similar to the Hawks this year. So, um, like. The series is going to come down to execution, and prob- probably in late game situations, um, and we'll see uh, who can who can who can execute better in, in the fourth quarter and in, in, in clutch time. Uh, but uh, we can get get to that later. But like Knicks, they've had a hell of a season. Like this, all jokes aside, I mean nobody nobody saw this coming from them, no. and. Thibodeau has them playing some great basketball like and they're doing like, and Julius Randle's playing the best basketball you know, he's playing the best basketball of his career um, and he's really propelled he's given them enough offensively to whether defense can really win them these games and like, it's, it's really impressive considering the lack of offensive talent overall on this team that, how well he's played.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is a bottom 10 offense and, you know, we joke, and I think also not joke a little bit about how the Hawks have gotten not enough respect, and we'll get into that in a second. But, I mean, the Hawks were projected by many, including me, to be like a 500 or better team this year. Uh, the Knicks were not. The Knicks were supposed to be bad. Like, actually bad. And their roster is not that impressive if you look at it like player for player they trade for derrick roseman season that probably helped them too but randall makes the leap all that stuff nobody i mean in the world there were definitely people that, uh, especially hawks fans that were very high on this team coming into the season but nobody in the world including knicks fans was like 41 and 31 for the knicks like nobody had that Like nobody so credit to them that might be the last time we do this on the, on the podcast this week uh, to credit the knicks but uh credit to the knicks yeah
1: so uh it's gonna be fun, you know. It's gonna be a fun series. I've already muted Knicks, New York Knicks, muted all Knicks fans that I follow. Wait, you
0: you muted uh, the word Knicks? Like, what happens if I tweet like something something versus Knicks? I won't
1: see it. Come on, I man. I won't see it. I have no idea. I, I got I got to, I got to keep the timeline clean. You have to understand, Brad. I don't want to be a sports fan. Anymore. I don't know if you noticed my last couple tweets, man. My my last couple of days. Of just trying to try to, just I, try to I, sign I didn't all off. Huh? Yeah. I want to transition away from sports entirely.
0: I'm so glad you're on the podcast, though. That's they, great.
1: They've brought nothing <laughs> but pain for me. And this series is going to be miserable. It's going to be miserable. If they played the Heat, Brad, at least, you know, if they lost, I could be like, oh, Jimbo gave it to him. And Jimbo, <laughs> refers to Jimmy Butler. Jimbo. But, like, you know, just old Jimbo just, you know, ran. Like, he ran into me, and I live in Collierville, Tennessee, and got two free throws. Like can't can't stop it. You just can't stop Jimbo uh, in in the games that matter. You know, I could just be like that, and, and I could hate. I could find something to hate. If the Hawks lose to the Knicks, it's because they just flat out lost, right? Yeah. And so, you know, it, it, it's it'd be a it'd be a tough pill to swallow. But you know, it wouldn't. It'd hurt in the moment uh, if they did lose. But you know, it's been. I want to talk a little bit more about. Just what type of season the Hawks have had? Yeah, like, it's been an incredible year for them. Like, really, this could have gone sideways so many times. Uh, starting with, you know, that when they were, I, I, still can't believe this team was fourteen and twenty at one point.
0: Yes, they were. But they were,
1: and they, and the worst thing is they weren't even playing that poorly. They just ran into a rough schedule mixed with injuries, like everybody being hurt at the same time. They caught no schedule breaks until this month. Lit- literally until like until this last stretch of basketball games, Austin didn't catch a break. Uh, whether it due to the schedule or injuries or just like whatever, like they just they just never caught a break until now. And and you know, luckily DeAndre Hunter, you know, he looks healthy. And so we get to see, we finally get to see what this team looks like, you know, for the first time all year, what they look like healthy, as a, as a full, more or less full squad, um, you know. So it—it'll be a fun series, and uh, you know, I—but I'm not—I'm not looking forward to it because it's going to be super stressful. I'm telling you right now, if you—if if you're a relatively new Hawks fan, playoff basketball is so different. Or just a new NBA fan in general. Like playoff basketball is so stressful when you have, when you have a team that you're rooting for, Uh, because every possession is so valuable. And I cannot think of a basketball player who values possessions less than Trey Young. (laughs) He is going to give me a heart attack.
0: Well, you're okay. going to give me
1: a heart attack,
0: right? No, He's I I, do it. I can see that. Listen, uh, Trey, oh. Trey is very good. But if uh, one of his, I would say, weaknesses, if you wanted to find one, is that he does turn the ball over and has some possessions where he'll do some things that you might uh, pull your hair, your hair out over. And if you still have hair to pull out. Brad, which, which game, was it? Was it against
1: Portland or was it against the? No, it was it was probably Portland where the Hawks, I think, were up by 20. Or no, they were only up by like 13 or something. And he pulls up, like, and Trey's got it going. Like, Trey, the frustrating thing about Trey Young is that when he has it going, he's such a unstoppable player. Like,
0: we, nobody can
1: stay in front of him. He gets to his floater, and if you challenge it, he's going to put a lob. If you don't, he's going to make the floater. Or he's gonna kick like, and if you help to help too much, he's gonna make a ridiculous pass to the corner for a great three-point shooter out there, Uh, and like, but then every once in a while he just wants to style on these fools, and it's like Trey, just we're up, you don't have to take the thirty-footer, you don't have to take it. That's it. That if we're down, do whatever you gotta do, buddy. But if we're up, like just value the possession run the plays because they can't stop us or they can't stop you in particular, you know, I'm not out there, but it's like, <laughs> Oh my God, Trey, please don't do this to me. And then, and then like, of course the team just comes down the end of the floor, gets an easy layup and transition. And it's like, Oh, here we go. Here we go. And so like with Trey being this, very high strong player uh, for a fan and considering how playoff basketball is like it's going to be a lot like uh, take take your take your blood uh, take your sugar pills take your blood pills take your cholesterol pills whatever you got to do to get your stress levels down uh, do what you got to do because uh, this series against the Knicks in particular like it's it's gonna be a roller coaster ride and i i really can't wait i i wish it wasn't happening like honestly like i'm not <laughs> for your heart i'm not looking forward to it i'm not i'm not like i'm not it's it's i think like, you are if they i don't think you win, are i'm gonna be I'm, I'm gonna be super disappointed like disappointed like if they don't win every game by 20 points i'm just gonna be angry
0: well that's uh like, that's sports for you in in some respects and uh that's a good place to take a break for a second, actually. So, we'll come back with more Tower Jones in a moment. But, first, a word from our sponsors on today's podcast. Bet Online is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, in addition to the NBA playoffs, which get going this week. And you can check all of the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and information on all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, of course, NHL, UFC, MMA stuff. Golf, tennis, auto racing, horse racing, all that you need in the sports world in addition to entertainment odds, political bets, etc. Before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device. Check out all the greatest sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get in on the game as your team prepare for the run of the playoffs and even once they get there. Head to the website right now or use your mobile device on today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's 50% welcome bonus if you use the promo code Locked On. The promo code is locked on 50% welcome bonus with BetOnline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Tyler, uh, I want to follow up with that because um, there is the whole misery portion of fandom, but as you sort of alluded to, you know, this is a a really fun season, and I'm wondering, before we get into the series, I do want to ask you about some Knicks stuff. Like, (laughs) take the Knicks out of it. How where's the level of this team right now? Cause one of the discussions is that I keep getting asked about, and I haven't really weighed in too much about it recently. I probably will at some point is like, what is this Hawks team actually because of how hot they have been since Nate took over, basically, you know, the last two and a half months, they're 27 and 11. Like the question of like, is this real or how good are they? And all that stuff. So I'm going to, I'm going to ask you take the Knicks out of it for a second. Um, say it was the heat or whatever, random opponent. how, how, How are you feeling? Like, how good are they right now? Not in the future, but, like, right now, today, heading into the playoff series, their first playoff series in a long time. Like, how good is this team right now, if that makes sense?
1: I mean, this is a good basketball team. Um, And I've said it since the beginning of the year, this Hawks team has as much talent as any team in the NBA right now. They really do. But, um, you know, they go through these peaks and valleys, um, I think the biggest thing right now is that their defense is kind of waned and, you know, that cost them home court. Like they should have home court at the moment. Uh, but you know, that Pacers, that Pacers game where they just, they just didn't bring it and they hadn't, they hadn't really been bringing it defensively for a while, uh, until this Houston game where, you know, Houston was just out here, uh, getting practice time. Um, so, you know, they're not playing their best basketball, but they were still winning and they were winning relatively comfortably, um, uh, late into the season. But more importantly, it does feel like they've gotten healthier, uh, especially DeAndre Hunter back and DeAndre Hunter looks really good. And that's going to be, that's going to be such a boost to this team. Um, cause it's, it's just going to push everybody down a peg where, like, bro, I don't know if you know, but Solomon Hill is fifth in the team in total minutes.
0: Oh, I've been muttering that particular stat. And honestly, it's because he's not got her all year, but it is kind of wild when you factor, like, all the players that are involved. And I, I am pro-Solomon Hill, and that's still crazy.
1: <laughs> Kevin Herter's first in, team in minutes, too. And it's like... Iron Man. The type of Iron Man
0: Kevin Herter, baby.
1: Yeah, that's, that type of, that's just the type of season it's been. And, like, now they got a full rotation and it, it like we're going to have to see how they all how they all mix and how they gel together but i you know to me offensively i don't feel like there's a team in the nba that should be able to stop them from getting points in half court consistently the question is going to be uh, regardless of who the opponent was how many stops can this team get and with deandre hunter the defensive ceiling just rose by exponentially because now they can you could just You know it's funny and I I don't mean to forget her name, but the, the Pacers blogger um who was on the podcast Kaylin Milligan- Kayla Cooper. Yeah Kaylin Cooper. Yeah. yeah, um like and she she talked about how Nate was more stringent in Indiana, but like in Atlanta, man, Nate's just trying stuff out here, like Oh yeah. Last game of the season, we're gonna have DeAndre Hunter guard the other team center. He was clearly the in, big man.
0: yeah. He was clearly in preparation for the playoffs. That entire Houston game, just like doing doing stuff, which is the, what you should do there. But it was good to see like an old school coach do that kind of thing, like yeah, really, really take.
1: Like, Nate's not known for that, and then, um, you know, so defensively they're gonna they're gonna do stuff, and like it's gonna be in like it, it's just gonna be imperative that they're able to get stops against this bad Knicks offense. Cause they're not a good offense, but they've been, I mean, they've been shooting the ball lights out against the Hawks, but like from three, um, but they're not a good offense. And it's important that the Hawks don't get in a track meet with this team. Cause if they can have like, when I mean track tracking, not necessarily pushing the pace, I mean more like the score, like, because even though this Knicks is a great defense and they are a great defense flat out they don't have the perimeter defender that really that would bother Trey Young other than Frank Nillakena and if they're playing Frank Nillakena that's just a win for the Hawks to me like if Trey Young can force Nillakena on the floor the Hawks are winning period and that's a that, that'd be a great sign um for, for this team hopeful and also you know a guy who does get get zero I forgot to mention this. What am I talking about? The Hawks have no good basketball players, Brad.
0: <laughs> Here we go. We have no all
1: stars, no all NBAs, no all defense, um like no no good GM, no good coaching. Like they just it's just they just won forty one games. Uh, during a hectic season, season in which they were now never healthy, and like, I, do people realize Bogdan only played like forty four games this year? He only played forty four. It's like barely sixty percent of the season. Like I think it's more like 50. he played fifty five percent of the season, Bogdan Bogdanovich, and you could argue uh, during the most horroring stretch when Trey Young and John when Trey Young got hurt, like what saved the after the after that eight game road trip to the West Coast, uh, where I was like, all right, they they're in a good spot, they're gonna get healthy. And then Trey Young twists with a mid ankle sprain. And like they look so defeated during that next game, Brad. They look like it, you could feel the wind coming out their sails because like not another injury. And Bogdan stepped up to the bogey, stepped up to the plate, played it felt like every minute that was available to him, uh, and just played some of the best basketball from a wing, uh, that the Hawks have had, uh, from any, any wing, like just period. Like he was incredible. And so, just for that you know, just that stretch where they survived Trey Young not being available. And granted, the schedule got easier, but like Bogdan's playing at an incredible level. John Collins has been John Collins. Like, it's you know, it's kind of boring. It's boring to say he's just a good basketball player. And then Clint Capella as well during that stretch playing the best basketball of his career. You know, but, you know, none none of these guys are good in the eyes of, of people outside of Atlanta. So, like, it's gonna be, it's gonna be a tough series for the Hawks. Like they got no All Stars, no All NBA talent, talent level players, no All Defense. Like they got, they got nothing, Brad. Um, so I, uh, they'll, I, they'll I enjoy luck- the underdog routine here. Good. Win- yeah. They'll be lucky to win a game against this this gritty. Oh, here we go. Hard, hard blue collar Knicks.
0: <laughs> listen, team, okay, now okay, blue collar. They are listen. Filled with, filled that is actually true.
1: Five star Kentucky
0: t- recruits. <laughs> And the CAA Knicks, yes, that's the uh...
1: CAA. Just like you cannot believe it, Brad. Like they hard scrabble team, like really hand in the dirt level of intensity from this Knicks team compared to these Hawks, who are just a bunch of floppers, a bunch of crybabies. Uh, you know, this is just exclusively for Trey Young, but Trey Young apparently is the only guy on the Hawks team. And we can only discuss Trey Young in relation to how bad he is on defense. And he's an awful defender. And so the Hawks have no chance. So, like, you know, it was a good, it was a good season for us, you know, a, a small market team of the Atlanta Hawks, you know, with all, all five people living in the city of Atlanta. So, like, hard scrabble. Hard, hard-fought season, but like we gotta, we gotta give way to these bigger market teams, Brad. You know.
0: Yeah, nothing, just n- nothing bothers me bothers me more than the market talk, uh, because Atlanta's not a small market. Um, but no, I mean, obviously, we, especially you, uh, I think we've, I think a lot of Hawks fans have been on this that the Hawks have been underrated from a talent perspective this season. Um, I, I picked the other day on the podcast. I think Trey should be thirteen all NBA. I don't think he's gonna get it, but I think he should, and I think Clint is a legitimate, like I said, number two, I would say confidently a top five defensive player of the year candidate. So, and Bogdanovich has been ridiculous, all that stuff. We, it's, we, don't, we don't have to litigate it all now. But it does feel like, on one hand, their record in the Nate era, I mean, I'm not sure, I'm, I'll am i be honest, I'm not sure they're, they're that good to be 27-11, just because that's like, a, that's like a 55-61 pace, and I'm not sure this is, they might be, I'm not saying they're not. But I'm not sure about that. What I am sure about is that this is a good basketball team when they're healthy. That's like pretty much proven at this point. And I think a lot of people outside of Atlanta, of course, uh, have not quite caught up to that. In part because of the slow start, I guess, and also because of what you just mentioned. Like some of the narrative stuff just kind of hardens. And um, you know, we talked about this a lot. But especially prior to this year, not a lot of people were watching the Hawks. I think it got a little bit better this season, but not that much better. Um, So the factor, all those factors, the Knicks are the great story. Uh, the Hawks are a pretty good story, too, as you talked about earlier. But the Knicks are the, you know, worst to first kind of story that you would see. And, you know, it's going to be a lot of Knicks talk. I-, I hope Hawks fans are prepared for that. Uh, I know you're not prepared for it because you're going to lose your mind at some point. But um, No, nah,
1: that's why I got all Knicks... Content muted on my timeline because I'm not.
0: I can't. You know what? I think. I think I'm actually going to put the, put the, put the word Nix in every tweet that I send for the next like week and a half. Yeah, I, so I won't just, see it. You just mean, won't see anything that I tweet it ever again. it be good. I'm. I'm
1: as sooner. Like I said, I'm just transitioning to my full, so I can just go full anime game. Like if 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 the Hawks could just get out of my life. <laughs> Come on. Right. Listen, if, I want you they, to be on the podcast. I could, I could, I could spend my more time. Doing things I actually enjoy that make me feel better. That I feel good when I'm playing video games or watching anime. I don't feel good when I watch the Hawks when when, when they play poorly. When they playing well, yeah, yeah, it's incredible. The high is incredible, but the low, ooh, I'm just angry. I yell in my single apartment like it's it's bad, Brad. I don't like I don't like that. I don't like that. I want to move. I want to transition. Out of this sports testosterone fueled lifestyle that i that I lived for like 26 or so years of my life so um nah I mean I mean you know all jokes aside like this is a hell of a team man i I don't know like and I, I think I don't know if they're 55 one pace team but I think they could have won fifty games. Uh, just under Nate, not if, if if just how they're playing under Nate, Nate McMillan,
0: right? Oh, I mean, they're obviously um, they're play, the, the numbers back it up too. Like their net rating has been, they're not overachieving in terms of their peripherals. It's more of like, you know, is is Bogey going to shoot seventy five percent from three for the, for the whole season? He is that kind of stuff.
1: If te- if teams are <laughs> like, like Brett, and I've been tweeting about this for, if teams and are going right. to
0: continue to not
1: put their best perimeter defender on Bogdan Bogdanovich He's going to punish the bad defenders coming off these screens. But we see it like, like a microcosm of it was against the Warriors when they put Jordan Poole on him. And Trae Young just threw backdoor passes for easy layups. And it's like, it's a lot of that. Like, it's a lot of that. Like, teams cannot afford to put, uh, like, most NBA teams just don't have multiple good defenders to put on somebody. Like, they and they had to pull pull all their resources into stopping Trey Young. Bogey, meanwhile, is reproducing what Kyle Korver did for the sixty win Hawks team. While after, while having legit dribble drive games, I was gonna say and like a much better pass, like just a much better basketball player. That that shooting that shooting plus, that plus,
0: shooting shooting. plus uh, yeah plus the on ball stuff. I mean, and I, I think part of that is this is a credit to Bogdanovich, is that teams haven't figured out that this is. I'm not saying exactly. it's, like, all the way real, but it's certainly, like, more real than not. Like, he, he is he's a different guy than the way he's been guarded, to to your point there. And— They do not—they do not pull—but they—but but, but here's the other thing, Brad. They can't pull the resources. You
1: can't just double bogey coming off these screens because you're just going to leave a, a free lob attempt for either John
0: Collins or Chris Well, this is what we're—I'm we're, not, not necessarily with, with, with Badonavich, but this is what you and I and other people were saying before the season started, was, like, if you look at this offense, you know— there was a potential they were going to be elite offensively just because if you look at all the weapons that they potentially would have, it's it gets to be kind of unguardable if you have enough shooting. And now they have enough shooting. So it's not just that, because Bogdanovich has been more than that, but if you factor in, you have Trey, you have two lob finishers, at least one of them on the court at all times, you have you know Gallo in certain spots, you have Hunter taking the leap, you have Bogdanovich, you have Herter making a bunch of shots, you have Hunter obviously like, you know, offensively, it's not a surprise to anybody, I don't think, at least locally, that they're really good on offense. At least it shouldn't be. Yeah. Like, look at, look at the talent. I mean, even, even yeah. if you were being modest preseason, I think everyone kind of knew they were going to be good on offense. Maybe not this good. But I think I picked up, like, like I, I think I, when I went on dunked on it, it was like sixth or seventh in the league in offense, and I might have been too low if they were actually healthy. Like, we haven't, we still, we almost, I mean, you mentioned the Knicks haven't seen it. We haven't seen them be healthy, really. Nope. Like, we, we've never seen we've never seen Bogey and DeAndre Hunter play extended minutes together. At least, yeah. I mean, now the closest the, the closest that yeah. I mean, we still have, honestly because the Hunter's first real like minutes load was the finale and Bogey didn't play, and it was obviously they're playing a G League team in the, in the Rockets, so take that for what it's worth. But honestly, game one, this is going to be crazy. But game one of the playoff series is going to be the healthiest they've been all, all season long, which is crazy. But that's where we are. Like.
1: Yeah, because Capella didn't even play that first game, but we got a peek of what the offense was going to look like with Bogey and DeAndre, uh, even though Bogey wasn't starting at the time. But like that, it's just been it's just been a a really odd year for this Hawks team. So it's gonna be it's gonna be new, like it's gonna be new for uh, the Knicks. Like they're gonna have to they're gonna have to make some decisions, and you know something. Like the, the thing that Trey Young has to capitalize on is when, particularly when DeAndre Hunter or John Collins have a mismatch, he's got to go to him because it just because he can't afford to waste energy like that. That you got to conserve energy when you can, and so like rely on your your elite post players. Wait, those, what, one I, of the things I, I consider those two guys to be pretty elite, especially. John but even DeAndre before he got hurt Was you know putting guys in the Blender in the mid range and so Like he and, and like Moving guys away so like if, if they get these switches Trey Has to he can't dribble With the basketball like he can't dance with the basketball because More important like These games are so high octane And so stressful you got to get the easy Points where they when they come and If they're just Going to switch or if they're Not going to respect John Collins On the post You got to give them the ball, and you got to force them to change their defense. Uh, One, it'll make it easier for you, and two, you get to save energy. Like it's a free two points. No need to work as hard, right? Like and like these playoffs, like you got to conserve energy when you can because you can't do it on defense anymore.
0: Well, I was I was gonna say earlier when you were talking about the how the playoffs are so different. This is part of it. It's it's much much more of a matchup intentional game. Like, you're not playing your your free-flowing offense nearly as much in the playoffs. Like, you're going to have to... And this goes on both ends of the floor, and this is the question that a lot of people have, and I think it's a realistic one. I'm not trying to say it's the biggest deal in the world, but defensively, you have a couple of guys who are targetable. You have Trey, you have Gallinari. Those two guys are very targetable in a playoff series. But on the offensive end, you have John Collins, who is a matchup buster. You have Trey Young. If if if, he's, if you're going to switch on Trey, he's going to carve you sometimes because if you get yep. you get big on him, he's going to be able to go to work on you. Hunter's the same thing. So, but it, it's different, and I think this is where, um, McMillan's been good at getting them ready for it too. Is that he is more matchup driven than a lot of coaches are in season. Like he's more willing to talk about and try to exploit matchups. And that's what the playoffs are all about. I mean, you said it earlier, but it's just so much different. And part of that is that the Skyder Report, like, game one might be a little bit like that, but after game one, every single trip almost, especially in the second half, is basically a targeted something or other that's game plan and schemed for this opponent. Like, it's going to be a grind. It always is. And that doesn't mean slow. It doesn't mean, you know, all defense, but it's going to be so so much more deliberate on what you're going to try to do. And Trey... It's not always like that. I mean, that's why one of the questions that people have, and I think smart people nationally too, like, what's Trey going to do in this situation? Because he's just never done it before. I'm not saying it's going to fail, but he has to play differently. Yeah, but he can't play too differently.
1: Like, he can't go away. away. So so it's like a balancing act that he has to, he's going to have to figure out. um Absolutely.
0: He, he has to but be aggressive it, it, still because obviously he's still the yeah. he's still he's still the guy on offense like he can't shrink away either there's that healthy balance where you gotta still be aggressive you still got to be the guy and take advantage of mismatches and get other guys i mean he's there's it's sort of a tightrope, and but that's that's what it's like to be I mean, a, super, that's, a superstar that's, like that's what it is a
1: superstar that's that's what you gotta do and then, like he's gotta excel at it um so hopefully you know it'd be nice if he could make a three-pointer again um uh, it'd probably help if instead of Passing up open three pointers, Uh he just takes them. But I don't know what's going on with his spot up shooting this year. It's one well,
0: of the. Someone asked me that the other day, the... actually, for like almost a mailbag question, and this is not going to be that. But I mean, it's it's kind of weird. I'm not I'm not panicking about it. But his three point shooting, especially on spot ups, and it's not necessarily the long ones either. People always say, "Well, it's all those long shots." I'm like, actually, this year nope. it's it's not that. It's not. It's not that. It's not. It's that his his normal shooting has not been as good. And I'm not panicking. Like, Trey Young is a good shooter. I'm, I have no worry about that. But he's going to need to shoot the ball well in this playoff series. Like, it's a small sample size. Everything is in a playoff series. But they're going to have a harder time offensively if he is forced to live and die with the floater. Now, the floater's been pretty hot the last couple weeks, which is good. But it'd be nice to have the whole package. Yeah, <laughs> I guess the Knicks. Team, the Knicks are awesome defensively. I mean, it's part of that that they try really hard and they're well coached. But this is the top five defense in the league. Like, it's not going to be easy for them to score.
1: Yeah, uh, but it, like, ideally, trade if Trey's got a three point pointer going, it'd just make the game and life easier for a lot of other people.
0: Oh, he's un- he's un- on he's, he's unguardable. If, if he has, yeah. a I mean, if he's making threes, he's unguardable. I mean, he's already, he already kind of is, but if he make, if he's making threes, it just lights out for anybody. I think we all know that.
1: Yeah. So like that that cuz it just make it'll it'll make it less stressful um uh, for the team cuz this again this is a young team and we don't know how they're going to respond to like respond to a bad call in a in a tight spot like are they going to fold up or are they going to continue to play um the right way. So like we're going to learn a, we're going to you know as tough as this season's been for the Hawks is is going to be a lot tougher during this playoff. So here, um here we go. It,
0: yeah. <laughs> All right, that is all for part one. As I said before the podcast began, flip over to part two for much more with myself and Tyler, including some Nick-specific stuff. So we'll see you over there, and uh, stay tuned, subscribe, all that fun stuff, part two on the way.